What are you afraid of? Scared you go there and find out that he doesn't love you anymore, honey. You can't control that. The only thing you can control is how you feel. Not how you feel, but how you deal with what you feel that is real. You've got to relax, relate, and release into reality. What was that like, being in therapy? Uh, Were you, what did you talk about that you had never acknowledged to yourself or talked talk? I grew so much from the experience. But I think the most important thing I got is that everything is connected. I mean, if I have a problem, I usually just go to church, give me some Jesus, <laughs> and I'm cool. Welcome back to another episode of Black and Therapy, where we are discussing journeys, dismantling myths, and discovering our truths. It's Sarah Ashley here, and I'm here with my dope co-host. Donna here. Welcome back to episode four. Episode five. five. Not for you. <laughs> I know we was on episode five. And we're on episode five. We have a special, special, special guest with us today. I am really honored that she has joined us on our podcast. Uh, her name is Brittany Smalls. Y'all know her. She really doesn't need an introduction. We're going to allow Brittany to tell her story and introduce herself when we get into our next segment. But Donna, how you feeling? You know, I'm I'm not feeling bad. I'm feeling better than I felt last week, to tell okay. you the truth. Better okay. than last week. Mm-hmm. So, progress, not perfection, right? Yep. Britt, how you feel? I feel pretty good. I'm happy to be here with y'all. Speak up a I feel pretty good. I'm happy to be here with y'all. Girl. <laughs> We happy that you hear yeah. me and Britt yes. walked in doing an interview. So I'm telling you, like, time is money right now. So we, we know that we're on a schedule with Britt. So we're going to move along. I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling good. I ain't going to front. I Listen, y'all, I done made some baked macaroni and cheese. It's in the oven. I hope summer don't burn it. I uh, <laughs> cook some greens and I'm going to fry some chicken when I get back in the house. I just wanted to do something to feel Can good. Is this going to plate? Sis, I got you. I got you. I'm on the road, man. I got you. I got you. On it. No, I got to see how it turn out first. This is my first time making uh, macaroni and cheese. So you can't, I can't let you taste it yet until I know that it's, uh, it's cool. All right, but let's jump into our first segment. Our first segment is um, Donna, help me out. Come on now. Discovering journeys. Uh, I got a story to tell. So, Brittany, tell me your story. Okay. I'm a native of Philadelphia. I'm a child of God, first and foremost. And that's why I do this life work. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, I'm going to start out when I was younger. People used to ask me what I wanted to do with my life. And I would always say I just want to help people. Mm-hmm. And I never knew how that would resonate. So, like, through journey, like, through house, um, high school, I would, like, join different social clubs. And I would always, like, be, like, the person, oh, the teacher needs help. Stay up the class, help clean up the classroom and stuff. And then when I got to college, um, I was trying to decide a major. And I started doing behavioral health science. And when I, first I was, going, thought I wanted to be a teacher, that didn't pan out. So <laughs> when I found behavioral health science, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like psychology, social work and stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. This is mental mm-hmm. health. So I uh, ventured into that industry and I ended up doing social services. And I was a uh, case man. No, first I was a, um, a pay work coordinator with the earn system. And it was so crazy, right? My journey today, I did not plan to go into <laughs> social services. I really was right. trying to find myself. Literally, like, I was working. I was working doing home health aids, like, uh, 
so many different random jobs. Home Home Depot, like mm-hmm. so many different random jobs. And I got laid off. And so when I got laid off, I had my own apartment at the time. I had to be like maybe 19 or 20. I had my own apartment. And I'm like, yo, I got to pay this rent. What I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I had to go and apply for food stamps. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, I said, look, um, is there any like work programs or something like that? Because I'm not the type of person that just want to be on the system. I, I'm like my mom, my grandma. I, I come from a legacy of strong Strong women. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. it was just like sitting back, chilling. Mm-hmm. That's, that was just not my thing. Mm-hmm. So, I end up, um, they said, oh, yeah, we got this program called the Earn Center. You can go there, and it's voluntary for people who don't receive cash. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll go there. Went there. Um, end up, you know, going to the different classes and, like, really trying to find mm-hmm. a career move with this program. And so... Um, they, they sent me to like this, they sent me to do an internship. Mm-hmm. Um, and the internship was actually an entrepreneurship program for teenagers. And so I went through that program. I went to that program and I was like teaching these kids. I had no experience with entrepreneurship or nothing, but I found this book called, um, entrepreneurship for dummies, <laughs> literally. And I was like working with the kids and they was just so excited. Like we, I broke them up in groups cause I, I feel like I was the organizer all my life, but didn't really know I was an organizer. So I was working with these kids going through this program and the, the program lead was like, who is this girl? Mm-hmm. Cause they used to just having girls come in there doing whatever they want to mm-hmm. do, not really taking the program serious. So the executive director of the earning center found out about me and she was like, I want to meet her. And so she ended up hiring me to work at the Earn Center. So that's how I became a paid work experience coordinator. And then I got a promotion and I became a job developer. And then I got laid off. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I was with that company for like two years, but they shut down. And when they shut down... Can I jump in real quick? Because I don't want to lose my train of thought, but yeah. I had like so many follow-up questions to ask you. Yeah. Um, my first, the first thing you said, you were trying to find yourself. Yeah. So what did that look like when you were trying to find yourself? It, it it looked like turmoil, literally. Mm-hmm. It looked like chaos. I mean, going to the bars, drinking every night, mm-hmm. hanging with my friends. You know, that's the that's the go to thing people say. I'm trying to find myself, mm-hmm. but I just was really lost, mm-hmm. really. And so I was, I had no direction at mm-hmm. all. But I I always was a go getter. So like, even if my friends was getting in mischief, mm-hmm. I would probably dip or dip or dab a little mm-hmm. bit, but I get right out right out of it mm-hmm. and go go right, in my right. own direction. Okay. So. That's what they look like. And then you said, um, I'm just watching how, I'm just listening to, listening to how God had his hand and like all, everything that you yes. were doing, like, right? When did you, and you might get to this later on in, in your story, but you said you started to realize kind of that you were that organizer when you were at the Earn Center, right? Yeah. So did you start feeding that or did you just like continue just to be like, um, I'm still finding myself or did you start feeding I was feeding still it trying to find myself. Okay. And it's so crazy because I can look back now and say, wow, I was organizing back then, mm-hmm. but... It was just a matter of they they had no clear curriculum for this program. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the kids are here for an experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make sure they had this experience mm-hmm. that they came for. So that's when I said I knew I was an organizer. Okay. Because sometimes it's, it's no blueprint. You just got to just jump in there. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that's that's what took place. But when I lost, I, when I was laid off from my job, the whole company shut down. And the reason why that happened was because... The HUD, we lost HUD funding. Okay. And so the reason why we lost HUD funding, because that was the year 2012 when we lost the House and the Senate. 
And so that's when I started to be more invested in politics. And God's hand is still there. God's hand is still there. Right, still working. So then my good friend Abu, he came home from college mm-hmm. and he was a political science major. Mm-hmm. And then he had a best friend, Anthony. And so him and Anthony, you know, they start, they was like, I, oh, I got another job. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was probably out of work for like maybe six months and some, I mean, y'all, this was so mysterious. Mm-hmm. I was planning to move to Atlanta because out? I was out. Okay. I, I mean, I sold all my furniture. I mean, literally packed up because I said, oh, maybe I should just go start over. Once I got laid off from my job, mm-hmm. I'm like, I should just start over in a new city. I had a going away party and everything <laughs> in the kitchen, washing dishes one day. I get a call. How you doing, Brittany? Um, we found your resume. We want to know if you can come in for an interview at 5 o'clock tomorrow. We really are impressed with your resume. People remember your work from the Earn Center. I, I didn't even know the name. And it was like, oh, it's G-Pass. And I'm like, what's G-Pass? And I'm like, oh, I think we sent some clients here before. But I don't remember giving them mm-hmm. my resume. So I went for the interview. Just like, just not knowing what mm-hmm. was just taking place. I just went. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting a job. So then I had it. Then I was stuck between the rock and the hard place. I ended up having to make a decision. Like, am I going to leave? Remember, I had this going away dinner right, right, planned. Right. <laughs> so am I going to leave and start? I had a place like it wasn't my own place, but my cousin lived in Atlanta. She she had a big house. Mm-hmm. She had an apartment in her basement. She was letting me stay there. I was on unemployment at the time, so I had like a little income mm-hmm. to get me through while I was mm-hmm. down there. So I found something. Right, right. I was just going to go back to school and you know just start over right. fresh. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I ended up making the decision to stay. My mom was like, Brittany, this may be, you mm-hmm. know, the opportunity. You know, you want to stay in the social service field and grow mm-hmm. there and get more experience. I'm like, I got a decision to make. Mm-hmm. And so I end up staying. So literally, I'm in an empty apartment. No fir- I sold everything right, right, right. And, got, and gave everything away. Mm-hmm. So I end up staying because they hired me on the spot. Mm-hmm. Did that symbolize anything for you when you were in that empty apartment when you had when you gave everything all the way? Did that did they not at the time? Okay. Not at the time, but now. Okay. Like when I my spiritual relationship started to grow with God. Okay. And we'll get to that. Point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah. At the time, no, it was just like I got a decision to make. But then it's like you know, at the time, entrepreneurship was big. Everybody was like, "Oh, you gotta chase your dream," mm-hmm. and you hear Tyler Perry. Oh, I slept in my car. Yep. And so I'm like, that's supposed to be me. But then mm-hmm. again, I'm like, maybe that's not my journey. Let me just stick it out. Mm-hmm. And it felt, it didn't feel, it was scary to stay too mm-hmm. to me. But I ended up staying and working at that organization, which led to me working at another organization. Mm-hmm. And um, I I ended up uh, becoming a net coordinator at Logan CDC. So that's when it, like the community activism started mm-hmm. to grow. This is like, maybe 2014, Mm -hmm. like the community activism. And then again, my friend Abu came home from school Mm -hmm. and he was like working on Obama, like working on different campaigns Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so he, he, um, kind of like, yo, we should do some stuff in Olney. Cause at the time I was living in Olney, they was like, we looking for somebody to be on the board of the friends of free lobby. I'm like, all right, cool. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm working at G pass. That's right down the street. Mm -hmm. So I can bring some of the community programs that I'm doing down to the library. So everybody can receive the resources and know what's in the neighborhood. So we started working on that. Then he started taking me to like different uh, political events and stuff around the city. And I'm like, this is a whole nother world. I didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. So then he came to me and said, we start, we want to start an organization for urban black youth 
because we are the forgotten group, mm-hmm. um, urban young people, like mm-hmm. young voters. Um, we we could you know shape different elections, and I'm like I'm down. Like mm-hmm. I always was like that. I'm very optimistic. I'm mm-hmm. like all right, cool. I'm down. So he started Millennials in Action, and that's I how I met y'all. That's how you met that's us. How I met y'all through Millennials. That in first Action. event we had. I don't even remember. It, it was on at Rose Petals yes, on, on Germantown. Germantown. Yep, yep, yep. That was our first event. Yeah. And you was there. Yep. So he and started, that's how we met each other. Yes. Yep. Yes. And I was so dope. I'm like, because I always heard you. I'm like, Sarah Ashley. I'm like, you, you know. I'm like, she got North Philly on lock. <laughs> For real. I'm like, I was so impressed. And so, you know, Millennials in Action took off. We was the first minority pack. Young millennial pack in the state of Pennsylvania, yep. oh, so wow. everybody was looking for us as leaders. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm still trying to find my path. Like, am I going to stay in social services because I was doing both at the same time? Mm-hmm. And so, I'm like, is politics? You know, that's I blew in them dream. That's just mm-hmm. something that just fell into my lap. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I'm good at it. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And so, I really seen what was happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Some people, like, go knock doors first when they get into politics or they volunteer. That was not my experience. Mm-hmm. I was, like, kind of jumped into it. And got and, to see the big, and got to big see the picture. Big, see the big picture. Mm-hmm. And I seen what was... And I didn't like what I saw. Mm-hmm. And so I said I wanted to be more of an advocate. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in social services. And um, I remember it was like... Ooh, this is when my spiritual journey started to connect. 2015... Um, this girl, oh, Carl, I'm leaving him all (laughs) out the mix. So, uh, Carl was doing church in a while. I started going out today, volunteering with CCC Mm -hmm. and everything in the mix of it. And, um, CCC kind of like, it was going through a transition at Mm -hmm. the time. So, you know, I just kind of like fell off a Mm -hmm. little bit. But, um, in January, they did something called, um, it was like something that was a national thing where we were giving out food and uh, feeding the homeless, but mm-hmm. it was going on nationally. Mm-hmm. And some girl was like, hey, I remember you. I saw you in the hallway with your sister. I was like, oh, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. And so she was like, um, you, um, you, we having like a, we having like a Bible study. What'd she say? We having like a Bible. Yeah, she said, we having a Bible study. You mm-hmm. should come out on Friday. No, devotional. Okay. On Friday night, you should come out. I'm like, cool. I was like, I can't turn God damn. Like, really, you know, I would have probably rather been in the bar or something, but I'm like, I can't turn God damn. So I went, I went to the devotional and I, I was like, it was all different nationalities, everybody, but it was just like all love. I just felt it, like my energy, mm-hmm. the spirit, everything was in there, was just everything. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, yeah, we do like, we do uh, Bible studies. And she said, you, would you want to study the Bible with us? And I'm like, she said, you know, I work downtown, you work downtown, we can meet up for lunch. Like, it just, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this happening for a reason. I need to do that. Mm-hmm. So I went and we, we we would meet up at Liberty Place for lunch every day at 12 o'clock. And we just was breaking down the scriptures wow. and I was like really growing. Mm-hmm. And still all this other things are mm-hmm. happening, you know, with politics mm-hmm. and, um, Working, right. I mean, with um, social services and everything, I became right. I was a case manager at Yusef at the time, and so it like when we you know completed our sessions and studies and everything, I was like, 
I'm ready to get baptized. And so, that's dope. Yep. Easter, 2000, April 6, 2015, I got baptized. Mm-hmm. And like everything just shifted mm-hmm. from that moment. And I knew that politics, the way I was doing it, mm-hmm. wasn't the way I could continue down. Mm-hmm. I couldn't continue down that path. Right. Because I knew I had more of accountability mm-hmm. and I didn't want to. I knew if I stayed in this lane, it had to be to honor God mm-hmm. and to really want change for his people. Right. So So tell me how you got to the Black Voters Matter campaign and like yeah. how how are you how are you who you are in that and explain your role in that too. Because okay. I think I think it's I think you hold a very important role and I don't think people I think people see you all the time mm-hmm. and they see the Black Voters Matter and they kinda know that's Britney. Yeah. Um and not saying it's your organization, but they kinda can connect yeah. you to it. But tell tell the people what you really do. Yeah. Um, within it and how you even got involved in it. Okay. So, um, in two, 2019, um, I was still doing politics and I ended up start. I, I started doing like political consulting, mm-hmm. like running my own campaigns and stuff. Like it really just took off in politics. Mm-hmm. And one, somebody saw how I was working on this black woman running for judge mm-hmm. and like everybody turned their back, their back on her and I stuck it out there and mm-hmm. they, they saw my work and somebody was like, oh, you know, Latasha Brown, in Atlanta, you know, she's like advocates with Black Voters Matter, and I'm like, I, I was just like, I think so. I didn't really know who she, who she was, <laughs> mm-hmm. but then I started googling there. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. She mm-hmm. was on every outlet, and so um, the person who introduced me, I mean, she told me to apply. She was like, I'm waiting for her to send me the application. Mm-hmm. So I just applied for the job um, online. I googled it and mm-hmm. just applied. And so then um, I got an email by like two days later, like we really impressed with your work. We really want to um, consider you uh, for an interview. Would you mm-hmm. be interested? I'm like, yeah. So my first interview was a FaceTime call with Latasha Brown. Wow. Yep. In this in November of 2019. Wow. And um, at the time I was still doing social services. So I'm like, this is a true shift mm-hmm. because what I did not talk about was that I was very unhappy in social services after a while. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew I was done. I mean, literally pained in my chest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had three anxiety attacks. Mm-hmm. I was in, I mean, such turmoil. One day I was like under my desk. Like, you know, I lost control of myself. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was a real severe anxiety. Mm-hmm. They called it Emily, CBH and all this stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was, it was real, real bad. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was like, I got to get out of here. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a die if I stay mm-hmm. in this career. Right, right. I'm not, I'm not happy anymore. Right. And so, um, that opportunity came. I got an interview. I had three series of interviews and they ended up hiring me. And, um, when they hired me, I was in Atlanta two days later mm-hmm. and, um, I became the Pennsylvania state coordinator of Blackwater's Manor. Wow. They, they were not even, they were considering it, but they wanted, they, he called me back. Like, I don't think we're going to be able to um, do Pennsylvania. They just thought it was too big. They thought, that we wasn't able to, mm-hmm. you know, they, they was like, we don't, I don't think we can pull this off. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can get the impact we want in the black community. And now look, now look at everything y'all. I was telling, I was telling Brittany um, that I knew they did a good job when every time you see something about voting, everybody has a black voters matter yeah. shirt on, hoodie on, mask on. There's y'all did a great job with taking over with the brand, yeah, right in the message, not just the yeah. brand but the message. Yeah, um, I think you guys did an awesome job and. It's just crazy how God will work. Even and then me and Donna talk about this all the time too. Like we're kind of not. I'm frustrated with what I do now. Like being in social services, like yeah. it's frustrating because it's limitations on how we can help. Yes. And I, I feel like not only Donna feels away this way too. Like I always say, like all I can do is put a bandaid on. I'm yes. a healer. 
Yeah. I'm a healer and all I can do is put a band-aid on this. Yes. Um, so I think that limitation kind of mm-hmm. restricts us a little bit, but yes. the freedom and the flexibility is like the trade-off. So it's mm-hmm. like, what do you, how do you, you know, how do yes. you, how do you either give one up for the other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're not feeling that, if you're feeling unhappy, you know, you're not supposed to be there. Yeah. Because we talk about that all the time. And there was mm-hmm. a, a big um, thing with Sarah's journey. She was talking about how she was fighting her calling. Mm-hmm. Right, because you knew, you know, politics was the way, but yeah. the social service was just—they kept calling you. They kept yeah. calling you. It was like, stop calling. Because it was—it was, it was a comfort place. Because you know, you could always like, if I leave this job, I know I can get a job mm-hmm. in social services. Mm-hmm. It's not—it's mm-hmm. not even a a thought in my mind. Right, and it's like sometimes we're afraid to go bigger because we don't we the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. or even if I can do this job if I have the, am I capable mm-hmm. and it was like insecurity steep in that mm-hmm. so that was another thing am I going to take this job and sometimes you know um, politics can be temporary and you got to find what's your next move after mm-hmm. that or so the I next was campaign really, or next, next campaign yeah. yeah so I was really stepping out on faith mm-hmm. on in this journey but it's like it's working out mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm so blessed like mm-hmm. to be a part of this organization, like, and they trust entrusted me to run this whole entire state. Mm-hmm. And people think I got a lot of staff here. It's just me. I got one organizer in mm-hmm. Western Pennsylvania, and we're in about mm, now we're in ten counties in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. So I'll be up and down the state all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just me, and you just got to get it done, right? And and you were going to move to Atlanta. You took another step out on faith and took this job in politics. How important is taking that leap to you? Or not being afraid to take the leap. How important is that to you? Honestly, it, you know how you... Um, it's very important to me. But what, what it felt like mm-hmm. was like I was just going to just go... All right, you know how we in the pandemic, we got to wear masks? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm just going to go in the store without a mask on. <laughs> and just like, all hope right, I'm best, gonna right? hope for the best. <laughs> and that's what I did. Like, I, I was I was very fearful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I prayed about it. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. And I'm a helper. But I didn't know, necessarily know if I could be a leader. Wow. And sometimes God has the structures to know, yeah. so we can know our capabilities. God right. knows because mm-hmm. he created us, but sometimes God has to stretch us to see our capabilities. Um, me and Donna talked about this last week, and there's no right or wrong answer to this. How you feel about it is how you feel about it. But can faith and fear exist in the same space for you? It can't. It can't? I mean, it's, I mean, all right. Be honest. Don't be honest. Don't be churchy about it. Be honest about it. Faith and fear. We're human, mm-hmm. so it's going to be there at mm-hmm. some point mm-hmm. in the, in time. Mm-hmm. But I just you got to just drown, like like <laughs> serious, you got to drown. Like right. I don't I don't like riding on planes, mm-hmm. but I got to go be on a plane for work. Mm-hmm. So I just do it, like. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like just whatever. We just going over this cliff together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is the faith over the fear? And that was something that I wrote yeah. uh, on Instagram last week. Faith over fear. It yeah. doesn't, you know, as long as your faith is still there, even if it's, it's under your fear, you still you can still have them both. Wow. If your faith is over your fear, then you you good. That's good. That's that's mm-hmm. really good. that's a mm-hmm. good like solid thing. Like, right. I'm, I'm writing it in my right. head right no, now. Like, faith yes. over fear. Yeah. Because I, I think that two can ex- do exist. Right. We are human, so we're going to be fearful. But to Donna's point, and it's even your point, you got to do it scared. And then also the faith over the fear part. Like yeah. I got, I, mm-hmm. I trust God more than I trust the, yes. my thoughts about fear or failing. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So I think that's, I think that's the key. I just wanted to get your opinion on it. That was mm-hmm. a little side. It's one. so funny. <laughs> no, but listen. Today I was in a, I we were, um, I was going to go pick up some shirts mm-hmm. um, from one of my comrades, 
And it was a whole Trump rally going outside her office. They had guns and everything. Mm-hmm. And so she, I'm looking for her. She over there shouting and yelling at them and, you know, just, you know, going back and forth with them. And I, I'm not combative like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that with y'all. Mm-hmm. And so I bring love. And even our organization, we stand for that. We say love and power. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we're saying black voters matter, mm-hmm. but we're not saying nobody else don't matter. Right, right, right. You know, so I, I bring a different element. And so they were saying, they were uh, chanting saying, um, count every legal vote, count every legal vote. Mm-hmm. And so we was, um, she was like, yeah, count every legal vote. And so I got on the microphone and I said, look, y'all, y'all asking for counting every legal vote. We want the same thing. Mm-hmm. I said, why are we on two different sides here? Right. I was like, so I was trying to like deescalate the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's, I know that's the power of God mm-hmm. because the guy, he went like this to me, one of the uh, Trump supporters. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that he knew I came out of love. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what we got to kind of, I think sometimes we want to get in these fights and rally mm-hmm. and, you know, and I think that's the different type of activism that I bring mm-hmm. to this site because I'm, I'm coming with God on my back. I'm mm-hmm. not here to judge nobody and I'm not here to fight with you. Right, right, right. Right. I agree with that. And I, and I think that's how we all move. Even with us sitting in meetings, when I sit in a meeting with the mayor and the, and the, commi- the commissioner, like it's stuff that we talk about that, you know. We can get frustrated about, we can get, but I think when we lead with love. Yeah. And I think even following up and letting them know, like, yo, like, we might not agree on everything, yeah. but I want the best for you. I pray for you. I, I, I want God to speak to y'all and give y'all direction. Yes, you know what I mean? Those yes. are my prayers for y'all. Yes. Um, so I think that point, like, just always remembering God's love yeah. and, and, and leading with that. But no I was scared what, rolling up, shooting yeah. up all them guns. Yeah, I know you was. But <laughs> right. still leading with that, leading and, and knowing that God got you, too, yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into our... Um, our next segment, and that is Don't Believe the Hype. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. <laughs> don't, 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 don't believe the hype. <laughs> don't believe the hype. <laughs> don't believe the hype. So, we, wanna, we have Brittany here, so we're going to focus kind of like on voting and the election and stuff right now. And um, Brittany brought up a good point before we started the podcast, and it was about like the myth that Black people don't um, participate with yeah. the elections, or the myths surrounding elections, like every vote doesn't count, or why should I vote because my vote doesn't count. Right. So, Britt, give us some insight on um, the real of of or the truth or the facts about yeah. Black people and their votes yeah. or voting records or whatever. I think that you know, and Black women in particularly have carried a lot of races. Mm-hmm. Like we are a small portion of the. A whole population Mm -hmm. and they look to us to bring the votes in even as we are in the election right now Mm -hmm. um philly and pittsburgh are closely being uh looked at Mm -hmm. because they are relying on those numbers to flip the house Mm -hmm. and so um as they count the melon ballots they're looking at oh Urban, they keep saying urban communities. You know, they're like the black mm-hmm. communities. Just say right, the black right. communities. <laughs> they was like the urban communities are um the the the, the campaign. The Democrats are really going to need those areas mm-hmm. to really pull this off mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I think the myth is is that um black people have to be Democrat. Like, mm-hmm. why do they like everybody? It's a deciding factor, mm-hmm. and so that's why if you notice, like even on my social media and stuff. I'm never endorsing any candidates. Mm-hmm. I'm always talking about, even with the stuff that's going on, I'm always just talking about exercising your right mm-hmm. and utilizing your power. And that's it. Right. That's my message. And that's the thing, too. I, I never, because even with our organization, is the vote for me, um, that we're doing through Van Jones, 
that was never a goal of mine to make people vote for a particular person. Yeah. My thing was I want y'all to get out and vote. Yeah. And so when I went to the polls on Tuesday and I saw the long lines and I saw the DJs and yes. I saw the parties happening at the polls, um, that just made me so happy because I know that we have power, right? We have power. But I don't think that at we all I don't think that first of all we we are raised to think about it like you know my parents for me like we went to the polls we yes. that was something I saw my parents do yes. but I know that's not true for every black person I don't right. think you had the same experience Mm-mm. no so, I don't think I knew I'm pretty sure I didn't know what voting like the aspect of voting until I was able to vote until I was eligible to vote yeah. I think I don't even remember talking about the president or anything like I didn't have any of those things and even now I come from a family who don't necessarily like everybody in my family doesn't vote the closest people to me don't vote um because of whatever reason their religious beliefs um or what have you um they don't vote and to me you know it's a battle because I feel like I think people should exercise their their right to vote but just you know it it was just definitely a struggle for me but I didn't grow up you know, going to the polls and I was reading something and somebody said on social media the other day that, oh, it was like, w- my mom told me, you know, it doesn't matter who, I, who, who she voted for. Don't mm-hmm. ask me that. That's personal. Like when did politics become a, who are you voting for? Right. It, it right. didn't. And I think and that it takes just, away our power. That diminishes mm-hmm, our power. Mm-hmm. When you do it. Right. But now it's like a, who you voted for yeah. type of thing. And that's, that's the world we live in today. But no one talked about who they voted for. It was no. just that you exercised that right to vote. Yeah. And that was that was yeah. just that. So right. um, I definitely didn't come from a, a family of like, this is what voting is. This is what the election is, especially right. not in smaller elections. Right. Um, if it wasn't the president, I definitely didn't know anything about it. But, yeah. you know, you grow and you learn. And I've definitely. Yeah, we in, even have leaders like pastors and stuff. Just praying for praying for both of them kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, that's love, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that when we think about black people, I always say like, you know, we have a we have a right to protest, right? Yes. We have a right to speak up and use our voice in that way. But then we also have a right to vote. And I think that people don't understand it. It's it's easy to um separate yourself from something when you're not directly um in it, right? Mm-hmm. I always get this example. I live right off of Kelly Drive. There's homeless people at Love Park every day. Yes. I didn't realize how close that was to my house until I fed the homeless, right? Mm. So when you start to see that connection, you kind of um, are more aware of it, right? More aware of how you move and everything. I think because we did not, this generation didn't experience the civil rights movement. Right. Or, you know, we, we live in a time now where black people still aren't free. Our, you know, we're still not considered equal. But we didn't live in that era. Mm-hmm. So if we lived in it or had people that really were connected, that really told us or passed that baton to us, like, yo, no, we fought for this. It's important. This is what you should do. Yeah. I think that they, they were missing that part. Yeah. And so people can say like, well, I'm not going to vote because you can't picture your great uncle or your great, great grandfather or your, you know, whoever out there literally fighting or and dying and bleeding for you to vote. But the accountability aspects have to be there too in mm-hmm. terms of, okay, you weren't in the civil rights movement, but don't you want education? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to raise the wage? Don't you want to see leaders that represent you? Mm-hmm. And that's where we have to talk about the now. Right. But then again, are you disconnected from that? Right. Right. Because I, I can, I've been recently on conference calls with people that are like, well, what will, I mean, we ain't going to say no, no candidate. Yeah. We're not going to say a candidate, but do you want that person in office? Like at the end of the day, like I want to empower these people to vote for whoever they vote for, but do we want him in office? Because mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen if he gets back in office. Right. Right. Um, and, but I think the disconnect is that I have a job that has insurance. I have a job. I, I've been to school. I have my master's degree, 
But what about the people that don't? I can go and get healthcare and go to the OBGYN. There are women, and I tell the Donna all the time, that we I'm voting for them. Yes. Like, I'm voting for the marginalized people that yeah. look like me, that don't have, none of us have privilege, but that, that don't even have access to what I have access Let to. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. It was this, this um, somebody in my family got four children, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we in the pandemic, so the kids are doing homeschool. They gave her one laptop for all four kids. And she had to work. So who's home with the kids while mm-hmm. she at work? Mm-hmm. So if she don't go to work, the bills won't get paid. Right. And the kids ain't learning nothing. And you talked about that mm-hmm. the other day. Somebody couldn't get childcare because they didn't have a job but had multiple children. So it was like, how do I help three children even if they got three laptops when I have a baby and three children? How do you mm-hmm. help them when, oh, you can't go to these access centers that we're providing around the city because you don't have a job? I'm a mom. Like, she, you know, so I think that yeah. we don't. And that's what we're voting for. Right, That's exactly. All yeah. all of my clients, all of my clients that are affected every day, um, and some of our family members, some of our friends. I mean, we're we're affected too. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're affected by a lot of things that um, that's we literally lost with um with this last presidency. Mm-hmm. Let's think about the taxes. Like, come on, I pay Atlanta and Philly taxes. <laughs> yes. Ooh. So right. And, then, and we don't, I don't have no kids. So. Right. So, you know, they hit you. They hit they me hit hard. You. Like, and we, we got somebody in the office that don't even pay the taxes. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. But, That's you so know, and, and black people, uh, it's 30 million of us voting. I think I just looked that up. Y'all know I like to look <laughs> my stuff up. Where I missed it at. Um, 30 million uh, eligible voters in 2020. Mm. Black. Mm-hmm. They wow. said in Philadelphia. Black Americans. In Philadelphia, we had the highest voter registration in Philadelphia since 1984. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. And I, and I think that, again, when you make voting cool, right? When you right. make it when you make it the Fed, when you make it, not even a Fed, like, we want this to remain, but when you make voting cool, and then when people like you invest in other people making it cool so that you don't have to worry about every block in Philly, but if right. I give this and I give that and I give that, right. then y'all can make voting cool and appealing. Um, to people, I want to put on my Black Voters Matter hoodie everywhere I go. I want to have yes. my mask on everywhere I go. I'm I'm making it so I can't subscribe. You got bomber jackets now. Too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't subscribe to the cool thing if I don't actually carry out what the cool thing represents, right? Right. So I can't rock a hat if I'm not really gonna go vote. Like that doesn't make sense. Representation, right? Mm-hmm. And you know you can look up who voting now. I'm right. like, well, what? <laughs> like, like my my whole everybody in my job is black. Mm-hmm. The leadership, the board members, everybody's mm-hmm. black. And they are a national organization. Mm-hmm. And they this organization allowed me to bring resources to my community. Mm-hmm. Do you know how that makes me feel? Like, mm-hmm. And you're now you don't have to worry about having anxiety attacks about not wanting to do this work because right. you're blessed. Like, I'm you're blessed. blessed. You're blessed. And through right. my blessing, I'm able to bless others. Other people. And then allow us to bless other people. Allow, right? Yes. So and like, that's how a, chain reaction. Yep. And that's where we need coalition. Mm-hmm. And that's like my focus because... I think a lot of people want to be like, and like honestly, I've been getting a lot of interviews and stuff like that, and it's really not about that. You're honest to God. Mm-hmm. Like I was had a microphone yesterday. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take that joint off. Like I'm not into clout chasing. I'm not into mm-hmm. like I was chosen as a leader. Mm-hmm. I literally did not choose this. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm cool with just working, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just happy. We have to do better in our. But community. chosen leaders make the best leaders when people aren't. You're sincerely not out for the clout, right? There, I know clout chasers. I know yeah. people that will connive their way into to situations, yeah. and it's like 
you know, that's not true. So I think the best leaders are those that God really yeah. picks. And, and well, Jesus. we got a lot of people like that in our community, and mm-hmm. that's another conversation probably for another day. But that needs to change. Mm-hmm. Really. Because we can't, we will forever be crabs in a barrel yes. if it doesn't, right? Yes. So no matter, like, it won't be, I'm gonna like, I'm like, I'm like help you, or, or Sarah, I'm gonna pull yeah. you down, I'm gonna pull you up. It's always gonna be like, no, I'm fighting, and I'm gonna keep trying to claw you down. So, yeah, we never gonna make it if we don't. And I think that black people subscribe to that a lot, that yeah. mentality. I mean, we, but that's slavery. That's yeah. going to slavery. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's systemic. It's all systemic. And it's all systemic. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. You want to add anything to the uh, Don't Believe the Hype segment? No, I think y'all I think y'all covered it. I just want y'all to know that 30 million black Americans be voting out here. All right. So this is my favorite segment um, coming up. This is Donna's least favorite segment. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what time it is. It's Truth Is. So, Brittany, what's your truth? My truth? Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. Okay. <laughs> but, no, my truth, honestly, is that... Um, you mean, like, for today or... How you feel, period. Or whatever you yeah. whatever you want to you wanna stand on. Um, I'm just... If you exhausted, you exhausted. Sis. I'm exhausted. Okay, that's your truth. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm that's exhausted, fine. but I'm happy at the same time. That's why I don't know how to describe it. Like, I'm happy. I feel like the work is being done. It's like, you know, when you called me the other day, I was like, sis, like, I'm really proud of you. Like, mm-hmm. all your work. Like, that means so much. Like, I'm like, people see it. Because, you know, you just were, I told mm-hmm. you I'm a doer. Right, right. So, you don't really know the impact that you're making. Like, and I got like 15 of those phone calls and I'm like. I'm just working. You're just doing you. I, yeah. I struggle with that too. I do. I'm like, oh, but this is just what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, like, I'm like, not... And it don't seem hard. Like, right. And I'm like... But to other people, it's just like, yo, Britt, I just seen you in Pittsburgh. Now I see you at Alany Plaza. Like, <laughs> sis, like, you know what I mean? Right. But so it's so like much more work to be done. But it's so yeah. much right. Right. To my part. It's so much more work to do. Yeah. Right. But if you exhausted, like, you know, we're, we're therapists, so we're not going to therapize you. What's the word we using? I say I'm not going to therapy you. That's what I say yeah, to people. We're not going to therapy you, but um, self-care, you already know, is very, 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 very important. important. And yeah. as much as you run, you need to rest. Yeah. Um, or you won't be able to give. Right. Uh, and you won't be able to help and make yep. impact. So what's your self-care look like? Um, candles. Mm-hmm. Prayer. How um, often? It hasn't been often. It's like between September and now. Mm-hmm. It's been off. It's no mm-hmm. self-care happening. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's been going. But I already know this time of year is always like that. And I know, like, all right, we wind it down now. Today, I slept in the bed till like, 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And that felt good. I ain't moved. Mm-hmm. And so, I know that we wind it down. I already know. You know, sometimes it's going to be like that. Fast, fast, fast. And then we have... But I got a great support system. I got people praying for me. Mm-hmm. And then people checking on me. People sending me cash apps. Mm-hmm. Or, like, sending me meals and stuff like that. So... I think your support system is huge mm-hmm. with self-care, too, because sometimes you can get engulfed in your work, and that's, like I said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a doer, so. So we're going to hold you accountable to your self-care Please. as your, your, yeah. your personal little therapist <laughs> yeah. on the side. I, I used to take a walk, like, every day, even, like, during the pandemic when mm-hmm. we was all stuck in the house. Like, I would walk um, maybe, like, 2.5 miles every, mm-hmm. every morning, mm-hmm. and I want to get back into that. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Even when we were just talking about getting back to exercising and all that, making sure that we are taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Well. yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. we just had those seasons where we know 
you know, things get rough. What yeah. no matter what it is, it might be, you know, holiday season or or summer season. Yeah. Like, you know, you just got those seasons. But you know that you need to get back and you have to get back. Yeah. So that you're not, you know, too far going to where you're just keep going. You mm-hmm. keep going and you're not stopping. And you fall apart. Right. And, or you come apart, right? So right. uh somebody used to always say like come apart before you come apart. Mm. So like step back before you literally fall apart. Right. Um, so I think that's important for you. I mean, I know that you're working hard. I know it's election season that we're still in, waiting for the results. But, you know, just take some time for yourself. Right. Uh, Donna, what's your truth? You know, y'all know I don't like this segment about <laughs> truth. But this, um, since last week, um, I realized that I have been leading by sight and not by faith, right? And that means that when I see something, I'm believing what I see. Versus believing what what I know that I like, mm-hmm. like instead of having faith, I'm I'm leading and I'm believing by sight, and that's with the elections. I don't care about those numbers. I still got faith, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm I'm not looking at the numbers. It don't I don't care what the numbers look like. I don't care the swing states. It doesn't matter because I have the faith. Mm-hmm. So I realized that I was leading, and it was only actually a few days, the last couple of days with the election and stuff that I've been. Literally looking and leading by sight, like, oh, this looks like this, so so this means this. But I'm like, no, <laughs> no, Donna, you got faith. You're not leading by sight. Right. Um, you got to lead by faith, and that's something that um, I feel like we've been talking about faith for a couple of weeks now because of everything that's going on. But um, definitely leading by faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that by myself that like since I'm a planner, I need to see stuff in stone. If stuff not there, then it's like I don't have the faith. Or if I can see something specifically and I know, then I'm like, all right, I can see it. Then that is right. it. But no, that doesn't that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that. So I'm gonna start leading by faith starting right now. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> okay. What about you, sis? Tell us your truth this week. <laughs> uh, my truth this week is that I hate waiting, um, and I realize that, and I think it's more so because I don't have control over the what will happen. Um, so that's one of my truths. My other truth that I realized about myself is that I'm not a crier. I don't cry in public. I do cry, but I don't cry in public. But I realized yesterday that when I am afraid, I transition it into um, anger mm-hmm. so that I will stop myself from feeling how I feel, right? So I'll either, I'll get angry. Like I'll get frustrated or I'll get angry instead of feeling fearful, right? Or, or being afraid or being scared to the point where I need to cry. Mm-hmm. But instead of like, showing that weakness Mm -hmm. i'll transfer that into frustration or i'll like lash out on people versus being like no sis you probably should go somewhere and cry real quick like so i realized that about myself yesterday and that's something i want to work on like allowing myself like we talked about last week to feel how you feel and not kind of mask it um to protect who i think i am right right? because i feel like i gotta be this big not this big but like this i don't even want to say tough tough's not the word but I just don't like showing my emotions. Yeah. Um, especially crying. That's one emotion that I really struggle with showing. So I think that I want to work on that um, piece and being like my authentic self and feeling what I tell my clients and what we tell mm-hmm. our clients to feel, what what we feel, feel instead of trying to um, mask that. So my truth is that I really hate waiting. And then the other one is that I want to work on really feeling how I feel and not masking it or projecting um, something else on the people because of how I feel on the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my truths today. Okay, with the two truths. <laughs> uh, our two-minute session. So, we didn't really get a lot of inboxes this week. Um, and I think it's because we are recording a little bit earlier than what we usually record. 
Um, but if we were to give advice to somebody right now that is um, watching the numbers, really like um, anxious about what's going on, what what advice would y'all give them? Starting with Britt. I say it's going to be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And you got to be at peace, whichever way it go. Mm-hmm. And so if if it goes on, we still got work to go do regardless. Either way. Right. Regardless. So chill out, relax, eat something good this weekend. And, mm-hmm. you know, don't don't be focused on the numbers. Right. It's going to happen when it's going to happen. Thanks. Donna? Um, I would say that if, if you are afraid or if you, you, you know, because some people may feel di- like literally directly impacted by like what the results are going to be, right? Like we're all going to be impacted, but some people may feel like literally directly impacted, right? So I think about those people and I think that I would tell people to um, kind of like let go of the fear of having to have control because you, you feel like you have to mm-hmm. have control of the situations, right? Um, but you only can control what you can control, right? Mm-hmm. And you only control your own self. You can't control anything of this world, right? You can only control yourself, your faith. You can't control other things. Um, And I think a lot of people struggle with control. I know I do. Um, And Sarah talked about it. But we can't control those things. So Mm -hmm. um, let go of the need to control, to feel like you need to be in control or you need to see every little thing. Um, I was hoping to wake up and just know, right? But, you know, um, so just let go of the fear of needing to control. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I posted um, Wednesday after election, uh, relax, relate, release, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of relax to what Brittany's saying, like, just calm down. Like, calm down. Because yeah. to Donna's point, we can't control, right? So calm down. A relate is like, you know, get it, like, connect with it. Connect yeah. with what's going on. Like, don't be disconnected from it. Be aware to some extent of what's going on so you can be informed, right? So relate, connect to it. But then release, like, because there's nothing that we... Either way, to your point, we're going to have work to do. Yep. So whether Trump gets four more years or Biden and Harris get in, uh, there's still going to be work that we have to do. But release that stress. I think release that anxiety. Like whatever you need to do, if it's going for a walk, if it's um, watching something else for a couple of hours, if it's getting a glass of wine, like if it's praying, if it's Bible study, if it's lighting some candles, if it's getting some essential oils, whatever you have to do to release that tension and that yeah. pressure, even being mindful, like... Last night when I was in the bed, I felt tense. I'm like, girl. And I had to start relaxing, like, every part mm-hmm. of my body. Like, relax your legs. Yeah. Relax your shoulders. Unclench your jaws. Like, being mindful of it. Like, because when we carry stress, that's that's going to hurt our bodies. Like, you don't need to be stressed out. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because there's going to be people that this directly affects. I'm not trying to dismiss that. But I'm saying that, are you, what is, what the Bible say about your worrying doesn't add anything. Yeah. It doesn't add anything to it. So, Worry about today, living today, relax, relate, and release would be my advice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, anything else? Don't want to add? No, I think we covered it. You got anything, Brittany? No, thank y'all for having me. I'm oh, sorry. thank, thank you, you for coming. Thank you yes. for coming. Uh, I thought it was going to be a reach asking you, honestly. I thought you were going to be like, girl, do you know who I am? <laughs> and what I got to do? Not on some hype stuff, but just like on some cross election time. Like uh, I got It was it. only one time somebody asked me on election day, if I can go pick up 60 donuts and <laughs> um, drop them off at one of the polar sites. I'm like, I'm running the whole state. Like, like no, I can't. No, I can't. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we want to thank y'all for tuning in to episode five. Four? Five. You five. You messed up in the beginning too. But I corrected myself. All right. Five. We on episode five, y'all. This is, consistency is like the key. And I'm just grateful that we're able to do this. Um, shout out to uh, our brother, Rich, who lets us record 
um, each week and we inconvenience him for an hour <laughs> right <laughs> once a week invade his space but um we th- we're thankful for that um Brittany we are thankful that you um joined us like really like sincerely I appreciate yes. um you taking your time out to to be here with us today and Brittany has a feel good song of the week um that she said has gotten her through this election yeah. cycle so we want her to introduce her uh feel good song of the week my feel-good song is Black Parade by Beyonce, Queen B. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So y'all heard it here. Britney's song is Black Parade by Beyonce. That's the feel-good song of the week. We want y'all to relax, relate, release. We want y'all to... What did you tell them, Brit? What was your advice? Real quick. Chill. About the, the chill. And then you <laughs> want them to what, Donna? Let go of the control. Let go of the control. So mm-hmm. we're let, the three of us are telling y'all what to do this week to kind of just center yourselves. So we, again, thank you for listening to another episode of Black in Therapy. See y'all next week.